What's going on, folks? Thanks for joining us for another episode of the Duck Gun Podcast. I'm Jordan from Duck Gun Chronicles, and I got my co-host alongside me, the duck tater of all taters. How you doing tonight, Elliot? I'm sore. I'm I'm highly sore, man. So I was telling you that I've been trying to lose a little bit of weight, and I don't know how well that's working, but I know I'm getting in better shape. Did I did I tell you what I'm what I'm using to try to get in shape? Um, your uh, uh, grit and tenacity no you didn't tell me no no not that virtual reality boxing so oh my yeah, son's yeah not yeah. the oculus right it's, yep. it's a game called thrill of the fight <laughs> and it's a boxing simulator game and actually 2.0 version you're gonna be able to fight other people online and i cannot wait to get dominated at that now but seriously i think that when that comes out we're gonna have to do some flyways collective videos where we're boxing each other <laughs> on that thing but <laughs> This thing, man, I, oh my gosh, I can now do, I went a full 12 rounds yesterday and like, I was still throwing punches like crazy at the end of round 12. So I am proud of myself as far as my cardio. I am in so much better shape. My, I I can't believe it. that My weight doesn't seem to be dropping all that much. It's dropped. I've I've lost like eight pounds now, I think, but maybe not even that, maybe only six. And I've been at this for like two months, which is really, really annoying. I, I went to health shakes for lunch and working out three or four times a week on this thrill of the fight. And I'm telling you, I have never, as an adult, I have never with, I have never worked out this hard when I was in, you know, I played basketball in high school and college baseball. I've had coaches point me to this, push me to this type of cardio workouts, but there is something about this game man, where you're just boxing people. It just brings out that like male alpha thing. It's so <laughs> fun it is so fun man you've i gotta get find a way for you to try it i, I tried it uh a couple of years ago when i was at your house actually oh did you oh. yeah oh yeah it was it was pretty fun it was it's definitely uh it's weird because it's it's got like the the 3d for people who don't know it's like you put on the goggles and everyone's seen like videos of people like freaking out riding roller coasters or falling over because they lose their orientation wearing it so that's what you're doing you get the 3d goggles on and you're running around and it feels like i don't know how to explain it if you know it's not real life because the graphics are are not quite there but as far as like your body's perception it feels very much like yeah like you're there because of the visual of it so I, that's the best way i can describe it that's why people fall over or freak out when they're doing the roller coasters because it gives you the same vision the same um, perspective as real life Awesome. Alrighty, so uh, Elliot, you know this because I was Marco pulling you a little bit, but I did get into the snake swamp this week. Finally got up in there, um, and yeah, I'm super, super jacked to get in there. I, I walked or I, I paddled all the way in there, um, got up into the marsh or the swamp, I should say. I busted out a bunch of birds. Kind of, it felt it felt really bad to do that just because <laughs> it's like opposite of what you want to do as a hunter. But hopefully in May, it's not going to affect my hunt in. October. So it's not, <laughs> it's not, it's but it not. feels like it, <laughs> it felt so bad. So, um, but yeah, I, I think I've talked about this. I have, um, plans to do a little series for the snake swamp. Actually. Yeah. Me and Thomas talked about it, um, on the podcast where I had him. And so got up in there, got to film my first video in there, laying out the plan, showing the out, the, the, the layout of the place and, you know, kind of refresher on 
some of the hunts we had last year. So super excited, man. Super excited to be in there, see the birds, and get to work on it. So I've, I even showed you some of the drone footage. What do you think of that place? Yeah. Oh, I loved it. I loved seeing that footage because you always talk about these places, but I don't have any mental picture of them. So I'm really envious because that place is basically yours. And yeah. I didn't even know you were planning on planting millet and duck food in there. And then all of a sudden, boom, you actually have the millet seeds and everything yep. like the day after. You. So I, like I said, you have got to camp out in there. Yeah. Just think a whole video of like a two day or whatever, three day camp trip where you're that's back a good in idea. there. And oh man, that's a way to get me excited about coming up there. Those type <laughs> of camp trips when you're just like, completely immerse yourself in the environment for two or three days and you don't see anyone else and you just, you know, you're in your duck hole and you're camping and man, I've done those and it is so much fun. Yeah. That'd be fun. It's super weird hunting in that little place because the way it's laid out, you think like, I mean, cause it's not huge, right? It's, it's, I mean, I would say it's a small property, but it's a super windy little Creek and it just got me thinking about it. Cause you're saying camping in there and it's like, in an open marsh, man, it's like you can always see where the birds are, where they're going, where they're coming from, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And like, but with this being like a timber swamp, like we'll hunt in it and I'll have no idea, like literally no idea that there's birds in there and we'll paddle, we'll paddle back out through the swamp and I'll bust like 40, 50 birds out of there. And it's like, I had no idea birds were landing anywhere else. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's just yeah. crazy how you can't, you can't tell and in that kind of like really thick timbery swamp places like that feel bigger and that i mean you get the prairie marshes like here in kansas that i hunt i love them but they're so wide open and then Mm -hmm. some other places i hunt on the eastern side of the state lots of trees kind of like you're talking about it feels bigger and it feels more wild than those open marshes and so that's it looks like an awesome place yeah it's awesome i'm i'm super excited for it um, and I hope, you know, this year, another thing, the water's up like a foot and a half from, you know, this time compared to like during hunting season last year, we had really low water. So, um, I don't know where it's going to be at at season, but I, I have a feeling that more water means it's going to hold more birds during season. That's my hope anyway. So, um, that'll be, that'll be cool if it does, but yeah, that's, well, you know, good luck. Can't but, wait to see it. Yeah. Can you, I need you to send me. I just need, I want to go back and watch a hunt from there. Now that I've seen the drone footage, I need just, I'm sure I can tell it, it, on your hunts. Does it say the snake swamp and any of the titles or anything? I don't know if it does or not, but I mean, you need to send me one and maybe I'll, put it in fellowship with the duck gun yeah. after this. I'll, I'll, I'll do yeah. that. I'll send you one. We had one where we had a, a, a pretty decent hunt where we had a three man hunt it was me my dad and my brother-in-law. And, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, honestly, I, there's multiple hunts where we should have limited, but it's just, it's so hard the way it is. And that's why I'm going to do some of this management work to, you know, hopefully plant the food and attract them to certain areas in it. And then not only that, but um, set up blinds and get some of that buck brush cleared out of the way and, and set up places where we can hunt on the side mm-hmm. and have clear shooting lanes opposed to like the problem we always end up having is you have really, really tiny shooting windows. So yeah. If they if they come into the decoys and you pull up to shoot and they flare off, it's like you have like uh, like five feet in front of you where you can swing. And if you don't get on the bird in time, you know, oh that sucks. Yeah, or you maybe you only get one shot on it. You know, you yeah. don't get to follow up on a second shot. So both those hunts uh, that we had re- decent hunts easily could have been, you know, our full group limit easily. Mm-hmm. So 
And that's what it's like, man, we gotta, we gotta do our best to make this as, and I say we, it's just going to be me. Um, but <laughs> you for everyone else, <laughs> yeah. you and those that you take yep. will reap the benefits. Well, another good thing is it's yours, you know, so you, you, um, you've got the permission, you hold the key, you, you know, it's on, on your terms. Yep. Oh yeah. It's cool. Which is awesome. Yeah. That's definitely huge to have something like that. You didn't have to pay anything for it. Yeah. Hey, I'm buying him a gift card. Okay. Hey, well worth it. Yeah, I know. Well worth it. I told him this guy is super nice. I'm like, is there like some kind of gift card I can get you or something like that? And like, what would like, cause I didn't want to get him something he didn't want, you know, which, you know, if you guys get permission somewhere and a good, even if they say no, like they don't, they don't require, they just give you permission, you know, pro tip, you know, get them a gift card or something like that, you know, some way to just, to show your gratitude. Cause I mean, this guy's like, Oh man, you don't, you don't have to do that. I'm like, well, you don't have to let me duck on either, but I could, I yeah. could see that he was, you know, he was genuinely excited that I was going to get him a gift card. So, yeah. Yeah. I'd say maybe something at the end of the season too, like several times. Yeah. Aiden takes, sometimes he'll just take a pizza randomly to this one landowner um, of this pond. He'll just drop by with a pizza and hand it to him and then leave. <laughs> nice <laughs> little things like that make a big difference oh yeah or just you know it depends you have to get a good feeling there's one farmer and he just he always wants to talk so i just talk you know i make it a point mm-hmm. to you know knock on his door talk to him see how he's doing you know if i get um you know deer meat summer sausage or even if i make it out of duck or goose he loves that so it's like you know mm-hmm. share it with him some people it's like they might not really want it they might take it you know so you got to get a good read on them you know um, if they're not a hunter, because most times you're getting permission from someone who's not a hunter because they'd be hunting them. They'd be hunting themselves if, if they were a hunter. So, Amen. yeah. All righty. Let's go ahead, get a quick word from our partners and we'll jump right into it. So first off, I'd like to give a big thanks out to banded Avery and Greenhead gear. Elliot, I know that we've both kind of been thinking about all the things that we need here in the off season. Perfect time to do it guys right now. Where it's calm and you're not just busy hunting, figure out a list of everything you kind of need to, to finish out your hunting layout for the year. And, and you and me both been going through our list and, and Bandit, Avery, and GHG. It's Bandit.com. It's a one-stop shop for hunters. They got everything from decoys. They got dog equipment. They got um, waders, camo, you name it. And there's a lot to be, a lot of awesome stuff, a lot of op- awesome options there on their website. We're both excited to you know, uh, round out a lot of our gear and be good to go for the season. Absolutely. Um, just don't forget if you haven't got a motion ducks decoy spreader yet, you need to get on that now and get that into your arsenal because I now have data from freelance hunt stats that shows that my hunting on no wind days has definitely improved. My bird per hunt average has improved since using the motion ducks system. It's like a bird per hunt difference. It makes a huge difference. You can use a four or seven duck decoy spreader system. It just looks like a little flock that swims around. It, it's amazing. And, and the setup is so much. That's my, I, it looks better than jerk rig, but the thing I love the most about it is how easy and quick it is to set up versus a jerk rig, because we like being mobile and get up and move our spreads. And it's just, it's so much easier to take care of. So um, we've got a promo code of Duck Gun 2020, no spaces, all caps, for ten percent off and a free shipping, free shipping and a free anchor bag as well. Yeah, I need to update that because the code's Duck Gun 10, so I'll update that. The code okay, right again now. is Duck Gun 10. We had to switch back because we had confusion from 
one year of the podcast to the other one. So Duck Gun 10, no spaces, 10% off over there at Motion Ducks. Also, guys, um, some big news for our Patreons and anyone who's thinking about it. So we've decided we're going to do a Patreon drawing for someone to come and hunt with us um, this year in the season. So we're super excited about it. We just came up with the idea, how can we kind of give back? And so anyone that's supporting us through that, we're going to take um, the dollar amount that you've contributed over the year, and that's one entry into um, entry into the drawing to come on a hunt with us. So um, we're super excited about it. I know there's going to be a lot of people who are as well. Um, just if I didn't explain it well enough, like if, if you're doing like the $3 mark on the Patreon, which gets you the hunt stats as well, great combo. But you're doing that over the year, that's going to get you 37. Wow, great, great math. 36 <laughs> drawings, <laughs> 36 entries, 36 entries into yeah. the into the drawing. So and we'll do that here at the it, at the end of off season, the beginning of season, and then we'll kind of coordinate with you guys to get you on the hunt. And the the cool thing about it too is that we're going to cover um, a certain amount. We'll, we'll cover your license and then a certain amount of your travel and all that. So. Um, yeah, we're super excited about it, and I know we're going to get you know somebody cool from the Patreon group to come hunt with us, and we're looking forward to it. So, all right, let's go ahead and jump into today's topic. We're going to be talking all about boat blinds, boat blinds. I don't know if I said that right the first time. Boat blinds. So Elliot's been looking into it, doing a lot of research. I did the same thing last year when I was going through my boat build, so it's going to be a good one. So stay tuned, and we'll get right into it. Hey guys, I'm Jordan Fromer. I believe in hunting hard, hunting smart, and having a fun time while doing it. And shooting limits? Well, that's just the icing on the cake. I revel in the journey just as much as the successes it brings. From ducks to dogs to decoys and guns, we'll be talking tactics, strategies, and what it takes to get the job done. Load up and take aim. This is the Duck Gun Podcast. Alrighty, folks. Here we go. We're going to be talking all about boat blinds. So, um, as I was saying right before the intro, uh, something that Elliot's been looking into, and I'll, I'll kind of share my experience with it last year. So, um, last year I kind of did a little bit of research on different ones. There's lots of different options for blinds out there, a lot of good options. And the one that I actually went uh, ended up going with is the Beavertel 1600 blind. Um, you know, a lot of these... There's just a lot of different styles. You can do a permanent thing. Phil Conkey has built permanent blinds, which are awesome. You can do the same thing on, on a, a smaller John boat, um, or you can do collapsible. And for me, I was like, I have to do collapsible. That way um, I can still drive the boat and all that. I had a permanent one that I welded on there. It just, you know, it wasn't, it, it just didn't work. So I actually had to cut the whole thing off and start from scratch and go to that beaver tail. And the nice thing about the beaver tail is it collapses and then the also is, um, you know, you can use a lot of your experience in A-frame type hunting to kind of um, figure out a good game plan for your boat. But I wanted to make sure I had really good top cover. You know, that's something that we struggle with with A-frames, brushing in. Got to make sure everything weeps over the top so that you have good top cover. And so there's different options on that where you can get good top cover. Um, but that's what drew me to the Beaver Tail 1600, and I used it on a lot of our hunts last year. Um, from marshes to rivers. Uh, I don't think I ever used it on a lake, though. So, um, you know, it worked out great. I'm I'm glad that I have that tool in my arsenal at this point because we had some really good, really fun river hunts using the boat blind and all that, which, by the way, I don't know if I said this on here, but I sold, I sold that John boat. So 
Um, I don't think I knew that. You didn't know that? I don't. I thought no. I know you bought that one. I, I wasn't. I guess I didn't realize you sold the other one. Man, I sold it, and I like I like <laughs> I, I sold it at a good price. A good price. So for me, a good price for me. <laughs> yeah. So good deal. Yeah. Go. Ahead. Do you want to go ahead and jump in, Elliot? Yeah, this is a big transition for us. I mean, my dad and I, um, before I started freelance duck hunting, it was just the two of us always hunting. And we were always kind of anti-boat blind because it just seemed from our experience, now we hadn't hunted in them, but our perception was that big boxy bloat, boat blinds, it was just really hard to finish mallards at you know 15 to 25 yards. And I still think that's the case a lot of times. But I think it can be done in a way that – um, if done properly, then I think that um, it's a really, really good option. So we have always used layout blinds, and then recently we've gone to the A-frame. So we've got a big boat. We've got a well-built with a um, Black Death Mud Buddy, which is a 42-horse um, surface drive on it. But we've always used it as a transport boat. So we've actually put our layout boats on top of it, as many as three of them, strapped them down, used it as a transport boat and then got out and laid out in the boat. And um, that's just always the way we've done it. And I love doing it that way, but recently we've switched over to the A-frame. So now instead of transferring all of the layout boats, we're typically transporting the A-frame, which Jordan, that review video you did of mine is a perfect example of that, where we brought in the A-frame and then set it up. And, that, and that's a viable option. But you know, my dad is now 77 and, um, he is having problems walking around in the marsh. I mean, he, he's just getting to the age where it's getting more and more difficult for him. And I don't know if I said that our well built is an 18, I think an 1852, which 18 would be the length and then 52 would be the width. The, so I started talking The width at my, the bottom to be specific. Thank you. Yeah. This is how it's measured is just the bottom part. Not well, the, when you say it, that's, that's how um, manufacturers will say it. So one thing, if you're like looking to buy it, a lot of people will be like, oh yeah, it's a, it's a 1864 and they like measure across the top and it's like an 18, yeah. like, you know, 1840 or it's probably, they probably, I don't know if they make 18 by 40 it's probably not, but it's more likely if you're like going for like a 16 footer, they'll exaggerate the width by measuring the top and then playing like, well, you know, so anyways. <laughs> okay. Yeah. That, that, that's good info for sure. So um, I told my dad, I was like, look, I was like, you know, it's is totally up to you. But I said, if you want to extend your hunting life, then we really need to look into boat blinds because, um, you know, I've got some friends, Charlie and Steve, and they're not as old as my dad, but I mean, they've gone all to boat blinds and they have a system set up in which it's ready to roll. They hit the water, they get out there, they pop up the blind, they throw out the decoys and they hardly even have to get out of the boat. And that's essentially what my dad needs. He needs to be able to be in a boat, not get out. You know, I told him, I was like, look, I was like, you know, um, if we decide to move to boat blind hunting, you know, we may not use it every single hunt, but even when you're 80, 85, if you're up for it, you can still go even, even beyond the point where you can't hunt, you can still actually go and be in the marsh. I said, it's up to you. Cause I mean, it's my dad's the one that's going to be paying for this, you know? So I, I was honestly really careful to check my own, uh, intentions and be like, you know, I'm not trying to get him to buy a boat for me, although I will benefit. It's I, I love the way I hunt. I love the A-frames. I love the layout boats. Um, so I I have, there's a little part of me that's like, well, you know, do I really want to be hunting out of a, out of a boat? Anyway, check my intentions and everything. And um, truly, 
I think that it's a move that that we need to make if my if my dad's going to continue to hunt. So, but shooting birds in close is number one on our list. So, my dad and I have gone started going through this deep dive of, of boat blinds. And first of all, we had this idea of, well, hey, why don't we just keep both boats? Because we'll have one boat for if we want to transport the layout, the kayaks, and one boat for the blind. And and so we got we got looking at um, boats on Facebook Marketplace, and we saw a sixteen forty eight, and got all excited and ran out and bought it. And I don't, we just hadn't done enough research because I, in my mindset, I was like, we're going to have a fixed blind on there. And once you fix that blind, it's hard to take it on and off. And how are you going to fish? And I, we just hadn't done enough research. And we way over jumped the gun with buying a boat. We got the boat back and started doing a little more blind research. And we were both kind of like, uh, we don't we don't need this boat. We don't need this. So we are going to turn around. And I think we can actually make a profit off it, honestly. I think we can make about a $500 profit. But we're going to have to turn back around and now sell this boat. So um, in our research, this is kind of how the progression has gone. Um, I was, we were looking at the Avery quick set and I was really liking the Avery quick set until I realized that it comes and anything I say here is that's wrong in, in your research, Jordan, jump right in. Okay. If you disagree with anything, which I don't know, I don't need to tell you that, but, um, the Avery quick set, it's very difficult to add natural vegetation to it. It comes with a, like a big camo tarp and guys, when you see guys hunting out of the Avery quick set, they are typically just using that camo tarp. And I could be wrong in this situation. I, I do not want to be out in a prairie marsh with the hunting behind a camo tarp. I just don't think that that is enough to get weary mallards down the decoys. I'm, I just don't. I'm the same way, but I've actually hunted with a guy who has the same camo tarps. That's what he uses, camo netting. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's it. That's literally it. But the only places I've ever hunted with him, he's a big river hunter. Um, is the rivers and we got, you know, the, the rivers are lined with timber. So obviously that's very different than the prairie marches, but to my surprise, we've done very well, very well with that setup. I mean, getting the birds in close ducks, geese, it doesn't matter. No top cover either. And it's just, Mm -hmm. it it blows my mind to be honest. So, and I will say there is a difference between never getting them to do it and sometimes getting them to and situationally too i mean if there's lots of trees and riverbanks and you you i mean when we hunt on the banks with trees we don't use cover at all we we lean up against a tree and we use the top cover so anytime that you're positioning yourself up against a tree i mean look at those guys down in arkansas they just stand there yeah you know i mean they they have no like um, the chasing green guys, they always hunt Arkansas. They were coming up to hunt prairie marshes. And I was like, so how are you guys planning on getting hidden? And it was literally crickets. It's like, they hadn't thought about it. You know, it's just a different, different thing. So certainly if you have trees and overhang, that is, is a completely acceptable yep. line. But for what we're doing out in uh, prairie marshes, where you're talking cattails and smart weed, it's just not, I mean, you, you look at my videos with the A-frame where we've got it completely like the one you watched. We got it completely brushed except the top cover is not perfect. And I'm complaining that we're not finishing birds, right? And that blind looked good that day except it wasn't completely closed in, right? Yeah. Um, and that if, just think if we'd been in that box in, in the A-frame with just that camo netting. There is no way. There is just no way in that <laughs> sit, sitting that you're going to 
we probably still would have shot some, but not not like we did. So that moved us away from Avery Quickset. I then went on to the Banded Axe Blind, which actually is a really interesting blind. Um, and people use it in boats, and it's kind of like an A-frame. And you just set it in the middle of your boat, and then you brush it like an A-frame. But the reason I went away from that is because the rest of your boat, you have to find a way to hide it. Now, you could use... Um, you could use tarps and you could use grass mats or, but you still, if we were still using our 18 foot boat, it's a big boat. And so with that banded ax spline, it's just too much other boat to conceal. And I, and I don't want, I just, it's just, I didn't think that it worked. And so I didn't even realize Jordan that you had bought the beaver tail um, blind because that's kind of the one for a while. Now we've moved off of it again, but um, that's the one that I was like, that's a good blind. It's got, because the thing about the scissor blinds, I, I, I want shooting holes. I don't want, I say this, but some, we do it in the A-frame and it works is I really want in closed shooting holes. So you can't just look straight down into it. And that, um, beaver tail blind is really, seems like it's really, really good. G- can give me your assessment of that blind, Jordan. Yeah, so and just what's your thoughts on it? I was the same way. I was the same way with uh, the holes in the top. So you're you're talking about um, you want to have good top cover, and so it actually has like partitions. I would say like yes, if you get like the shooting holes. Yeah, if you go with the uh, fourteen to sixteen, I don't know if it goes. Do they have a smaller one? I think they do. They have the sixteen hundred. The they have a sixteen hundred that that goes from fourteen foot to sixteen foot. They have the eighteen hundred that goes from sixteen yes. foot to eighteen foot. I think they have the 1400 that goes from 14 foot to smaller. And so the way it's partitioned is in the, the 1600 and lower, it's three partitions. So three shooting slots. And then the 1800 has four. And so it actually has spacers of like closed off fabric that stretches across the top. So you have to be in your square to shoot. So, um, and if someone's not in a hole shooting, you can actually close it up where it has um, Velcro. Wait, Velcro. Yeah. Velcro um, attachments. So like that you can, you could sleep in your boat. Yeah, you know, you can have the whole thing closed up and and yeah. be in there. Um, you know, so the one if I bought that, I probably would sleep in the boat. Some, uh, yeah, it's not a bad plan. So, um, but yeah, so I, I think it's great. I think it's great for that. Um, one thing because I I do a lot of solo hunts and I actually never ended up doing a, a solo hunt. I did actually go out with it. And, and the time I went on a solo hunt was the only time I ever had engine problems all year. So I <laughs> didn't actually get out in the hunt, but, uh, you know, go figure. Right. Um, but yeah, so you can actually close everything up except for the one slot you're using. Um, but I, th- I, I started off and I don't know if I'm going to be jumping the gun on this. Um, no, I know where you're going with it. And I was actually going to lead in and ask you this question. So go, go, yeah, go into this. So I started off with natural vegetation. That was my plan for brushing it. I use raffia along the bottom to like drape into the water. Um, and then above that, I use natural vegetation. Same way we do with the A-frame to weep over the top, give you that full top cover. And then it just, it literally was falling out too much. It was getting smashed at the top, which that's similar to the problem you're having on your hunt where the top cover just gets smashed. And once you have that, they can see into the blind. They can see you too well. You know, people turn and looking at the birds, no matter, like no matter what you're doing, they can just see right in there. So, um, I ended up scrapping that and I went straight to, um, the grass mat panels. And so with the, well, the only option they had at the time, um, which I went with uh, the Avery, the Avery panels. 
um, was their dark, the dark dyed ones, which was perfect for if we're going to be hunting on the rivers late season, then timber, it kind of matches that. Um, and then I, I, I hooked it all into the blind and had all that weeping in over the top. And once I did that, I'm like, man, it doesn't even matter about the partitions or closing it off because it does it so well with just that, all the, the blades coming into the top, like I, the partitions wouldn't matter at all. So at that point you could have gone with something like an Avery quick set blind. It wouldn't have mattered because it would have mm-hmm. filled that whole area. in. like literally when we stand up out of those holes, like we're just surrounded, covered completely by all the blades of all the, the grass mats coming in from the left, the your, one of your shoulders. If you're on the end from the front and the back, it's just all around us. So uh, honestly, that was, that was the best cover I had all year after that. That's the best we finished birds. Um, you know, and I, I don't know how it would have performed in a, a prairie marsh with it being the black stuff, but maybe, I don't know. I don't know. Well, the rate, the regular colored grass mats is we used grass mats on our original layout boats. And I have to say, I, I am not a big fan of grass mats. I've used them a lot. Um, and, I, and I'm honestly not that big of a fan of them. Um, but that being said, um, in, in that setting, when the cattails turn colors, I think it would work really, really well. I do. Um, I, I, my problem with grass mats is they get heavy when they're wet. The look of them to me is just a little bit unnatural, um, compared to natural vegetation. So I was like, no, I'm, we're going to use natural vegetation. I was like, from the start, it's like natural vegetation. And, and after Jordan and I actually had a pretty long conversation where he told me what he just said. And and he's actually turned to me away a little bit because I don't want a 45 minute brush job. Every time we use the boat, I want it to be okay. We're using the boat today. It's ready. Throw the decoys in. Let's go. We get there. Let's throw them out. I, I don't want this to be, um, you know, a massive brush job to get it the way I want it. Every time that I go out, I mean, the older I get, the more, I mean, I'm 40, just turned 48. So the older I get, the more important that's going to be. So, Jordan actually turned me around. I thought, well, you know, maybe, maybe grass mats or I thought if I could use a combination of a grass mat and then tie in some raffia into it, I think, cause I think I saw, I saw Phil Conkey was using on one of his boats and guys, um, if you're interested in a real deep dive of, um, boat blinds, Phil Conkey's shooting time podcast, which I listened to all of that. It really goes in depth on all these blinds too. And he is kind of the self-built blind master as far as I'm concerned. Um, But he seems to use in some of his boats, because he's got some YouTube videos, a combination of grass mats and some other looked like maybe raffia and it looked a lot better. Um, So, but that, so that Jordan kind of turned me that direction and I thought, well, maybe the Avery quick set, I kind of went back direction. Maybe if you get the Avery quick set and you just put grass mats all in it, maybe that's the route to go because um, it's, and all these blinds come up and down fast and easy. So they all do. So if I still wanted to put on um, the layout boat, because we go up some rivers and and we need the, the, the little paddle boat sometimes I could still do it with, with any of these, but here's where we're at right now with with us because we still have to we're just now getting our big boat back from the shop we're actually going to try to switch trailers because the new trailer is better than the old one and we're going to try to sell it but i've got a friend named charlie who he built his own homemade blind and we went and looked at it and um he's i don't, I don't know that he is a welder but he does weld and he has offered to help us 
help us make this blind. And it's, it's kind of like a, I don't know how to describe it. Um, it, it comes up and down. It's very low maintenance, comes up and down really easily and doesn't get in the way. And so at, at, if we do this blind, um, certainly there'll be videos of it on YouTube, but Charlie is offered to kind of help us help us. He would probably be the builder and we'd be there being the gophers to kind of do it for us. So we're kind of on that path right now. And Charlie uses what's called, let me pull up that I had the text open. Um, Gilly blind covers. If you search Gilly blind cover and the company is Prairie wind. Um, and I saw pictures of his boat using this Gilly blind cover. And to me, it's by far superior to Rafia. It's by far superior to grass mats. It's the best thing I've ever seen. And it's tough and it's durable. He did have to, he said he had to spray paint it a little bit to get it just the right color he wanted. But that material, Gilly blind covers, they sell a four to six foot by 18. It's just, that's what we're going to go with. So I think that's the route we're going to go right now. If we don't do that, I don't know. <laughs> I still don't know between the Avery and the beaver tail, but um, I, so we're still in the process, but I think that's kind of, if Charlie's willing to help us build that, then that'll be a summer project, which will be lots of good content. So yeah, that's kind of where we are with it in our, as of right now. Yeah. I think either all three of those options sound pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And I haven't seen what he's got going on with that, with his setup. Um, so I can't really, I can't really, you know, say how, how that compares, but I do like the simplicity of, of the beaver tail and the quick, the Avery quick mm-hmm. set. Cause you know, one is the scissor blind, like you said, where uh, all your brush and everything falls on, on either side of the boat. And then the, the beaver tail, it, it collapses um, one direction or the other, and it all um, folds up on one side of the boat. And so, um, yeah, definitely. The only complaint I've heard of the beaver tail and you confirmed this as did Matt farmer is that if you want to get out of the boat, you have to put the whole thing down yeah. to get in and out of the boat. And that's, I've heard, and actually Phil Conkey complained about that on that podcast as well. Yeah. And so that's an issue. And I did also, one more thing to throw in there is Matt told me that he only gets about two years out of those grass mats before they, cause they'll, if they get wet, they kind of go rotten. Mm. And, uh, he says he only typically, he's trying to go away from the grass mats on his boat because of longevity. So it'd be interesting to see gotcha. how yours hold up. Yeah, and how you, you're holding up after 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 one year, one. I can't. I mean, it was only half a year, and I can't even. The only thing I'd say is the dye, the dark dye, is kind of mm-hmm. you know uh, faded off of it. Some it's still darker mm-hmm. than the normal one, but not as dark as it was um, when I got it. So besides that, no, it's like it's it's pretty durable. I haven't really lost. That's what I was concerned about, like blades breaking, and all of a sudden it feels real thin. Um, mm-hmm. But I haven't had any of that yet. So um, yeah. It'll be interesting to see, but right now it's solid. Yeah. And uh, that 18 footer of ours, I mean, you've been in, it's a big boat. It's a big boat. So it'll be interesting to see how this plays out. Um, um, I don't, we don't plan on hunting in this. I don't know. So I'm guessing somewhere between six to 15 times, just depending uh, on where we're at. I'd year, love to but. see, I'd love to see you try it on some of your river hunts. Cause you do have trees that line your rivers mm-hmm. there. Um, mm-hmm. in late season, you know, yeah. Um, because I can think of times where we've tried to hide like in the brush. It's like, man, you could just roll the boat right up next to that and popped it up. That hunt, the river hunt we were on. Yeah, no, that's the, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I'm thinking of that one. Like, um, we had trouble hiding 
and mm-hmm. we had trouble finishing birds. I'm like, man, I wonder yeah. how well that would work. Cause I, I've had really good results on rivers in particular with boat blinds. So yeah, well, I know my buddy Charlie's done it cause he, he doesn't put out videos on YouTube or anything, but he does do a little video and just for fun and he'll send me clips and they shoot both ducks and geese just kind of rolling up on a bank with not, not necessarily a lot of trees. You just have banks, you know? Yep. And, um, so, and I don't know, I, could you just put one right on a sandbar? May, if it, maybe so, maybe you could, it just depends on, um, how, how much pressure the ducks have had. I tend to think if you find a place that hasn't had much pressure, you could probably roll right onto a sandbar Yeah, and, and do fine. Yeah. And it, it definitely would be easier somewhere like where we were at, where the sandbar was in front of it. But like we were, yeah. there was water we were sitting with our legs in the water and like mm-hmm. 10 degrees, you know, if like you and your boat blind, that's a big difference. You know, it's a lot yeah. warmer. Um, not only yeah. that, but you do have a better hide. So um, if, you know, if in the right place, cause you could have butted up right against all those branches and everything else and like tucked it mm-hmm. in. So um, that's where I think it shines a lot doing stuff like that. Yeah. You know, I'm just thinking it's a funny year for the flyaways collective because it's like Titus is getting a boat. Josh got a boat. Uh, you made the transition last year. We've always had a boat, but we have never boat blind. And it's like all of us are kind of going down that path. Kind of interesting. Except for Matt. He's just going to run around anywhere and everywhere. And <laughs> and continue to shoot more ducks than anyone else on the flyways. Of course, yeah. he hunts a lot more, but still. Yeah. He just goes out there by himself. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep. Oh, I did, I did want to mention, guys, as far as um, the Patreon um, giveaway if you want to become a patron it's patreon.com slash freelance duck hunting and we will have more information coming out about this hunt giveaway um so if you want a chance to hunt with us and be on that hunt and, and we'll be making videos on during those hunts too patreon.com slash freelance duck hunting so i wanted to get that out there before i forgot okay all righty well is there uh anything else we need to add on to this boat blind discussion Nope. Um, well, I will be updating you as we get, we're getting the boat back tomorrow, the big boat. And so we're Saturday. We're going to try to switch, see if we can switch trailers and hopefully the 18 foot will fit on the other trailer. And then we're going to sell. And once, and then I'm going to contact Charlie and say, Hey, were you serious about or helping us build that blind? And I will definitely keep you guys posted on the progress and, and how this all plays out. But it's a, certainly a huge transition um, in our hunting. So it, it'll be exciting. Awesome. Can't can't wait to see how it all turns out and and kind of see how your style does and um, probably hear you gripe and complain a little bit about the birds not finishing or <laughs> whatever it is. Um, but I did want to. I, I don't know if I mentioned that. You know, I said I sold my boat and I got a new one. So um, it's actually a Lund John boat with uh, a center console. Um, so I'm not sure how the whole setup's going to work on that yet. I got a really good deal, so that's I jumped on it. I jumped on it. Before I sold mine. So, um, yeah, a lot of different boat things happening, like you said. So I'm excited to see. One thing that's going to be a huge difference from my boat to this one, my old boat, is it was a really short-walled boat. And having the boat blind sit on that, like, we, it felt really cramped. You'd sit on a seat. Mm-hmm. And you know how, like, if you're sitting in an A-frame, you have to have your hips above your knees, right? Yeah. Does that make sense? because yep. if your hips are below your knees like stand like you have to like up. you got to grab something to stand up unless you're mm-hmm. you know uh, like a crossfit athlete or something and and, <laughs> and i'm not that so um with the boat blind man if you try to sit too low with those low walls like you just you, you have trouble standing up real quick 
and that thing was uh, a, a 1640, so it was a little narrower, um, and so even a little tippy, not not tippy, I should say uh, wobbly, like when everyone starts to stand up and shoot. So um, this will be a, a big upgrade for us because it's wider, and um, it's got the high walls. It's just a big, beefy boat compared to like a super light, like it, I felt like if I'd run into like a log on – you know, kind of how like you do on those reservoirs where you're just mm-hmm. ramping them. Like I would have just, yeah. instead of ramping one, I just would have had one right in the boat with us, you know, <laughs> you'd be dead. Yeah. <laughs> so this like, this one's like a super solid boat as far as that goes. Um, but not only that, but the walls are really high. So I'm, I'm really interested to get the boat blind on it and see how much higher it is, which like, you obviously like there's something to have in low profile, but also there's something to be able to hunt comfortably, you know, where it's, yeah. you're not like just the whole time birds are working. You have to like crunch down and, and, and scrunch into the, the blind and, and all that. Like mm-hmm. it'll give us a lot more space. So I'm excited to get that on there and see how that works. The whole setup on that. So yeah, lots going on. Oh yeah. Lots going on this off season for sure. Alrighty, fellas. Well, thanks for tuning in for another episode of the Duck Gun Podcast. Stay tuned, guys. We got some. We got we got a good guest lined up for next week as well. Um, I'm Jordan Duck and Chronicles Elliot from Freelance Duck Hunting, and we'll see you guys on the next one.